Welcome to Method to the Madness on KALX Berkeley 90.7 FM. This is your weekly public affairs show where we celebrate the innovative spirit of Bay Area. I'm your host Vishwa and our guests today are brothers Ari and Andrew Cohen, creators and co-founders of Mr. Dewey's Cashew Milk Ice Cream. Welcome to the studio guys. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. So let's start with what is Mr. Dewey's? Mr. Dewey's, well you said it in the, in the beginning, is a, is a cashew milk based ice cream that was created in, in my kitchen in Oakland, California. I should mention that Andrew and I were both born and raised, we're brothers, and we're born and raised in Berkeley. Um, went through the Berkeley school systems, and, uh, and I actually went to UC Berkeley uh, as a graduate student in a master's program here um, back in the 90s. That's the past. Currently, Mr. Dewey's is, as you said, is a cashew-based ice cream. It's dairy-free, gluten-free, soy-free, peanut-free, and it is uh, like a gelato, a rich, creamy, dense, intensely flavorful uh, ice cream, uh, or gelato-like ice cream. How did the idea come about? Um, the idea came out of, you know, Andrew and I always talk about the, uh, we sort of joke that the that necessity is the mother of, of, of invention. In this case, it was my own dietary issues that I found back in uh, the late 90s that I was lactose intolerant and also gluten and soy intolerant as well. And um, Andrew, uh, if I can speak for him, is also lactose yes. intolerant. Yep. And though he doesn't like to admit it, is also probably gluten sensitive as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slowly coming around. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as a result of that, I changed my diet, and, uh, and I, um, I started actually using nut milks um, rather than dairy milk for, say, cereal and other things. And um, started looking at that. The nut milks were actually really great. It was a, a pecan and date nut milk that I put over hot cereals, which was really nice. Andrew, I have no background at all in, in business, and Andrew's a fantastic business person and salesperson, and that's, that's his history. He started talking, we started talking about uh, potentially packaging something like this and coming to realize fairly quickly that it really wasn't a viable product. But what we both realized, and, and I was very, very curious about, was that it looked like it could make a really great ice cream. So we started, I, I started sort of playing with that, doing research on it, talking to people, um, actually getting an almond milk ice cream from another state because I was so curious about it to just study it and started making them. And as you can imagine, the first batches of these things were, were actually really pretty cruddy. But Andrew, being a, uh, a lactose intolerant individual who was jonesing for good ice cream. Uh, well, that, and that's just it. See, where I jumped in was Ari was sort of the genius in the kitchen getting this concept invented, really, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. what I had found, and I think what Ari had realized also, is that the alternatives for ice cream in the stores, they weren't cutting it. They, 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 they didn't fill that, that need that, that I missed for ice cream. I won't name any names, but you know some of these um, well-known brands, mm -hmm. they, not to say they weren't good or couldn't have been good. Some are better than others, of course. They they didn't um, satiate the way ice cream did. I see. And so the daunting task that Ari had was to make something that was that good. And even though his first iterations seemed to do, I mean, I loved them. Maybe I was just jonesing so much I didn't care what it was. <laughs> they were they're really bad, and he yeah. just, he just he he couldn't get enough of them. And and we joke because I I knew they weren't right. I knew they weren't they weren't good, and it sort of drove him crazy. But right, because uh, the entrepreneur in me was like, okay, let's take it to market. Let's hurry up because someone else is going to be doing this. So that's good enough. Every time I would say to him, this is this is great. Like, don't mess with this because mm -hmm. I don't want this to change. This is too good to be true. He would mess with it, and it would be better. 
And this was during the time when he was making alternative ice cream out of almonds. That has since changed over to cashews. Yeah. And there's a story behind that, but um, I'll let Ari continue with what he was saying in the kitchen. Well, and I just want to add to what Andrew was saying, which is that uh, for the first two years that Mr. Dewey's was in existence, we were an almond milk ice cream. Oh, okay. So that, and that's part of our story. So we, we started out as an almond milk ice cream. And as Andrew said, it took me about probably a year and a half of uh, from, from the very beginning of just trying this out to getting to a point where we felt like this is, this is it. We can take this one to market. Um, and again, you, you know, I read all the ice cream books and, and, and tried to learn all the chemistry. And really, it, there's only three really elements that you can, you can pick up on in terms of how to make ice cream. And then I threw the book out. And mm-hmm. after that, it was really just experimentation that we really Yeah, liked. it was probably close to seven flavors. I want to add something also that shouldn't that, – that one of the elements of this is that we had to make this – Ari had to make this mm-hmm. uh, without preservatives, without any additives, mm-hmm. without stabilizers, without emulsifiers, with all those things that most – without any gums, mm-hmm. which most other alternatives require, at least they claim to require, um, to make it appear as if it is a creamy-like ice cream substance. Mm-hmm. So to make his uh, task even more daunting was that he had to make it resemble ice cream without any of those elements as well. Mm-hmm. And that also, I should just say, is that that's also was part of the mission, which was that, uh, as I said, the the impetus for this, at least at the very beginning, was uh, my own health and the health of my family and Andrew, you know, as part of my family as well. And so for me, it really was about um, the mission was about making a, a great ice cream, but also making a healthy ice cream, one mm-hmm. that did not have any additives or preservatives or gums or oils or any of those things that many uh, commercial ice creams tend to have. Mm-hmm. And as Andrew said, that was that made the task a little bit more um, interesting, I should say. But uh, it, but that that was important to me uh, mm-hmm. and to both of us. But it was really important to me that that um, we don't put any of those things in there because I really want to be something that that we as a family mm-hmm. that our standards are very high for what we add to that. So just to give you an example of that, I mean, um, I'll pick uh, our strawberry ice cream for example, mm-hmm. um, and this is representative of, of most of our ice creams. Um, it contains cashews, water, uh, strawberries, organic strawberries, organic vanilla. Um, and organic cane juice sugar. So there are five ingredients in there, and that is it. If you've ever tasted ice cream before, you'll know you can you'll know that they're they're very flavorful and very rich and creamy. If you use enough cashews and you have the proportions correctly, you can make a great ice cream without any of those other things, any of those preservatives or anything else. You started off with almonds, yes, and then you went to cashew. Yeah. I mean, why and mm-hmm. how did that change mm-hmm. happen? We found that to make the the almond version as um, smooth and creamy as possible, we had to find a way to get the almonds, uh, and, and they had to be you know, California organic blanched almonds, and they had to be crushed so fine that when you were to add water to it and emulsify it, you wouldn't need to use a cheesecloth or any type of filtration to try to catch any of the other items that might be sort of the fibrous materials inside the, the almond. So we found a company who... Um, satisfied that requirement. They make uh, nut butters, and they also have a um, an almond paste they can make for us. They take just, just raw almonds, mm-hmm. and they crush it into a paste. Let me just add to that very quickly, and that is to say that um, when we started out doing this, uh, basically what you do is you take almonds. I was literally blanching almonds myself, taking the skins off one by one, and then putting it through, as Andrew said, a large, what they call... Um, 
a nut milk bag so that you can so that it catches all the fibrous material. Oh. And there was a point, I still remember this, where Andrew and I were in my kitchen and we had made a larger batch because we were gonna do it to to do a test batch. And so we had, you know, you you do a, a pint of it and the bag's this big and you sort of wring it out and you uh-huh. get what you need. I found a nut milk bag that I'm I can't the dimensions are probably like two feet by like three feet. That's okay. how large the bag was. We filled it with milk and it was like it was like playing the bagpipes. <laughs> we were trying to squeeze this thing, and it took us probably like an hour and a half to get the milk out of this thing. So, anyways, the point is that that what Andrew's saying is that it, it was a really daunting task. Mm-hmm. And the day that we met with this other this nut butter company to talk to them about uh, their machines and, other, and various other things to figure out how to do this, we walked out of there that day. They handed us a a, a box of their of their almond butter. And I put it through the, the usual processing, mm-hmm. and I put it through the nut milk bag, and there was nothing in there. Uh, the, the size of it was so small that it just created a, a perfectly emulsified milk. There was no fiber in there at all. And it okay. changed our lives. It changed my life and yeah, <laughs> more yeah. dramatically more, so we didn't yeah. have to do that anymore. And and once we got there is where things really started to, to take off for us with that. And yeah. We had actually just then with that batch, I mean almost literally with that batch he's talking about, we then uh, made – so we were doing m- many things simultaneously – while Ari was diligent in the kitchen coming up with flavors using this this newfound paste or mm-hmm. newfound butter, um, we were also working on um, packaging, uh, our, logo, logos, our logos yeah. and everything, because the idea was to come up with four flavors that we could put into a pint yeah. and sell at the supermarket. And we had um, done some taste tests down at a local o- Oakland supermarket, and they were very willing to give it a try, and it was sort of a new thing, and they liked it. And the taste test went uh, famously. People really liked it. They liked the almond version. We ended up um, bringing four skews of our almond milk to market. In order to try to enhance our product line, we ended up uh, deciding to go and adding cashew as an alternative alongside of our almond Four flavors in almond uh-huh. and four flavors in cashew. I see. Instantly, we realized, based on sales, uh-huh. that cashew was the way to go because not only were they uh, selling better and, and and tasting better during our demos and all that at the supermarkets, mm-hmm. but the almond prices in California to be a blanched organic California almond just went through the roof because of the drought and everything else. And so it was obvious to us right there that we should just pull back on the almond completely and bring those flavors into the cashew line. And I think all, all other flavors as well came from that as well. Yeah, and I wanted to, to just piggyback on what he's saying about that as well, is that as I started playing with the cashew paste or butter, um, it became obvious very quickly that it made a much smoother, creamier, better ice cream. And so, as Andrew said, w- once we went to market with it, it was pretty obvious that, that it was a better way to go. Mm-hmm. Sort of connecting to what you said previously, a lot of the things you mentioned in the regular ice creams, it's I believe it's a lot of it is done also to increase the shelf life, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Preservatives, yeah. Yeah, right. So how do you meet that challenge and at the same time manage to you know keep the costs down? I want to actually want to comment on that. In that last night, I served a coffee ice cream that was in my freezer, Mr. Dewey's coffee, Mr. Mr. Dewey's uh-huh. coffee cashew ice cream that was made, was manufactured 
in uh, December of 2014. It was, as, oh. I'm t- and I'm telling you, I, I should have brought it so you could see it. <laughs> you had it? Yeah, it was as good yesterday, last night. I made a milkshake for my son. He wanted a coffee I mean, you're alive, so yeah. <laughs> that's good. I mean, yeah, we're all good so far. Anyway. It's not yeah. greens. That's good also. Yeah. So one of the things is, this is, this is just a throwaway, but when we, when we were originally um, out there with our, when we were selling our pints, because eventually we ended up in about 300 grocery stores throughout the western United States with our pints, um, one of the things that we chose to do was we uh, wrapped the lid as well in a plastic. It's a safety seal, but it also seals in the the air from seals out the air from coming in mm-hmm. so the seal is so tight that you have a frozen product that if it maintains its frozen you know uh, quality it it doesn't change and so when i opened it last night it was as good as it was at first day. yeah and i'll answer a little more technically as well the trick to getting an ice cream as fresh as you possibly can uh-huh. whether it be a cashew or alternative ice cream or a, a traditional dairy ice cream is you have to go from the Ice cream freezer, it's called, which makes the ice cream from, from milk, mm-hmm. and into a blast freezer to a sub 20, if you can, temperature as quickly as possible so you don't have crystallization happening inside. I see. The more crystallized it gets, the more it gets funky. Crunchy and, and, and yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even if some, a lot of it may not be bad for you, it just doesn't taste good. It doesn't feel, it's icy mm-hmm. on the mouth and all that stuff. Uh, that's one. Two, most ice cream manufacturers make their money off of what's called yield. And yield is what they, after you put the ice cream, the dairy ice cream in the machine. It's actually called overrun. In or the, overrun. In the ice cream industry. Yeah, yeah. overrun, mm-hmm. which is the yield. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is, uh, so the overrun is, is, is based upon how much air you're incorporating into your um, liquid when you're actually freezing it into an ice cream. And so the more air you have, the more pockets of air you have throughout your ice cream, mm-hmm. which can also crystallize, can melt faster and crystallize faster if it's not sealed properly. Or in this case, most people will have preservatives or, or you know, other stabilizers in there. Um, we don't do that. Ours is just frozen fast. It's it, it holds the proteins in the cashews are so so much that they don't really even take in much air at all. Mm-hmm. So it's just a denser. Easier to preserve. Emulsion, I guess. So one thing I noticed when I visited the store in Albany, right, is e- the spoons with which we eat the ice cream are made of wood. I mean, a hundred percent of the stuff at the store is compostable, and you know. Mm. So tell me more about that. That was very important to us. Um, it we first started off with a um, a quote compostable unquote uh, plastic spoon. And we learned very quickly that they really weren't. What was the city of Albany came yeah. and said it takes it'll break down, but it'll take like five five months to a year, and they they won't take them. So oh, I think it was even longer than that. But anyway, the yeah. point was was we we thought no, we need to be a green company, and so we found uh, birch wood spoons for eating these nice compostable cups, and we also use both for purposes of reusing. And also for experience, for the customer, a uh, small metal spoon for tasting. Every spoon is kept in our freezer so that when you actually get the experience of the taste, it's not uh, it's, a, it's a cold experience all the way through. Just a quick reminder, you are listening to Method to the Madness on your Calyx. We are talking in the studio today with Ari and Andrew Cohen about Mr. Dewey's cashew milk ice cream. The name, Mr. Dewey's, how did that 
come to be. No, <laughs> yeah. no. Unless so, I don't know something. Well, well Mr. Dewey, it, well, it's a lot of people ask. Many years ago, a good friend of mine and Andrew's wrote this song called Mr. Dewey. It was actually a great song, sort of an R&B upbeat song, um, and it was it was well done. And he decided that he was going to actually make a music video out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had been involved with him. Andrew was involved with him on a, on a music basis, and he asked us if we would be involved. And Andrew, um, in a previous life, was also a, a videographer. Yeah, and mind you, this is at a time in 1996 when you still had MTV showing mostly videos, uh-huh. and local cable stations would have a local. Music video station themselves or time slots for that. Yeah. And I was shooting, I think, I think I had just gone from VHS to SVHS, perhaps, (laughs) in in my arsenal. You're dating yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So they decided, he decided he wanted to take the song, which was pretty pretty successful, and make a video out of it. And he said, you're going to be Mr. Dewey in the video. And he chose Andrew to be the videographer and, and I guess editor as well. Yeah, yeah, I produced the video. Yeah, and um, so we filmed this video. Um, and Got it aired. And actually, believe it or not, people would recognize me. <laughs> as Mr. Dewey out on the streets. And it became sort of this silly moniker because I played Mr. Dewey and I played against character. So it was very, it was very funny. <laughs> um, over time, the nickname just became this sort of the silly thing. And when I was first doing the nut milks themselves, somebody jokingly said, we should call it Mr. Dewey's nut milks. And all these nut jokes uh-huh. came out of that. And, and uh, <laughs> as you can imagine, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. But um, anyways, it led to a point though where it, it sort of caught. And as we got to the point where Andrew and I were talking about what to name this, we continued on with Mr. Dewey and Mr. Dewey in that video is not who Mr. Dewey is for this business, but uh, we like the name. It's been very catchy. And, and so, yeah, Mr. Dewey is just a fictitious character in a music video. That The first time I heard of the place, and this was almost three years or two years ago, I just got caught by the name. I'm like, okay, this is a very interesting name for yeah. an ice cream place. I'm just out of curiosity. I'm just curious. What does it conjure up for you, the name Mr. Dewey? I always think of this umbrella man, like some guy dancing on the street. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. With a hat on. And, I mean, that's the picture I get the yeah. moment I say Mr. Dewey. Right? Yeah, that's cool. I have my own image of Mr. Dewey, but, uh-huh. but it's cool what is here. That? Uh, my image of Mr. Dewey is, is uh, actually a... Um, He's my wife's first cousin who's in his 60s, and he's just this wise, thoughtful, generous, loving person and who, who gives to other people. And to me, that, that's sort of what I decided Mr. Dewey oh. was, that we're a healthy option for people to have great ice cream. And we're, so we're giving to the community with, with what we're doing. Huh. So. And all along, I thought it was a, just a logo. <laughs> <laughs> So you pointed out earlier that you were sort of spread out across Western U.S. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? From what I remember, you sort of cut it back down mm. now, right? It's very local now. Well, you know, Andrew had, had alluded to this earlier. That same nut butter company that made the paste, mm-hmm. we agreed at a certain point that we would merge together. And we so we started working with them. And okay. it was with them and through them that Andrew and I basically ran Mr. Dewey's uh, under that umbrella. Um, we got into, as we said, about 300 stores throughout sort of California, Nevada, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Washington, Oregon, so the, those western states. And um, eventually, we were actually doing pretty well. We were ascending. It's a really, really difficult yeah. game to play. You're making pints, and you're putting them on trucks, and you have brokers and distributors and you know, the yeah, stores. It, it's actually the antithesis of what Mr. Dewey's really stood for. Yeah. We, we, we didn't realize that... You know, we're not this corporate structure. We don't play well with the corporate structure. That arena doesn't make any sense. Uh, it became 
very painful in a way. There was no control, and you were sort of robotic. Yeah, it was- Ice cream is ch- churned out. It goes into the pints. It goes onto pallets, palletized. These giant behemoth companies come pick it up in their giant trucks. Mm-hmm. They decide if and when they're going to pick it up. They decide how cold refrigerated trucks are going to be, which scared he and I because our babies are leaving there, and we want someone to enjoy that at the other end. Yeah. And as we said earlier, with the crystallization, if things melt and then refreeze, uh-huh. that's when you get crystallization. That's what kills it. Oh, that's yeah. what kills yeah. it. It was not a good fit for us, and we hung in there for quite a while doing this until there were the crossroads. Mm-hmm. And at those crossroads, we had the option to take back the company. We ended up purchasing back and reowning our brand asset mm-hmm. and really took a big risk because doing that, we also took it off all the shelves. We were not manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And we decided we would only go and try our hat in a retail shop, which is the one on Solano Avenue in uh-huh. Albany. And then also try and get back into our local grocers, mm-hmm. those who are sort of non-corporate, who just want us to be on their shelves for their local customers. And sort of in the path of, because I do all the deliveries of where I can maintain, you know, a, an easy yeah. route. Yeah, we got a, We were completely disillusioned by the whole process. And as Andrew said, our manufacturing facility is in San Leandro. One of our shops uh, is in Albany. The other one is in Emeryville. Our distribution is everywhere between San Leandro and Albany. So right. you can see it just makes a lot of sense for us to do it that way. Ah, that its three main outlets are located on that route. For the most right. part, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so, um, and I want to just give a shout out to Farmer Joe's because Farmer Joe's is the store that Andrew was referring to mm-hmm. earlier on. So now, given you're at this scale, where do you source your ingredients from? Mm-hmm. It isn't a giant company or something helping you out with that. Yeah, well, actually, in the separation from the larger company, what we did continue to do was purchase our cashew uh, butter from them. I see. Much so, higher rate, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not a whole lot higher. <laughs> um, so we still have a relationship with them. I see. They do a great job of sourcing sourcing the cashews and breaking them down into the paste that we use to, to make our ice cream. Which... And what are the biggest challenges you face now? I, you know, our biggest challenge, I think, is now... Well, so s- earlier on, it was trying to figure out how to uh, actually sell our ice cream in a retail fashion. Yeah. A lot of hiccups and a lot of hurdles, and you learn and you learn. We're still learning, mm-hmm. but we kind of got it down now. I, I will not speak for Ari. I'll just speak for myself on this one, that our biggest hurdle now is how to scale up again. We don't want to go back to that other model. We're getting very well known slowly, that sort of the circle sort of going outwards very slowly and very methodically. We're getting requests to have Mr. Dewey's in every city in other states and and we don't we're not sure what to do with all that yet mm-hmm. at the same time we also know that there's other companies or other people who may be close behind us mm-hmm. so we think we're probably on the sort of the front end of this curve this trend how do we maintain that front runner seat and not expand so fast or so far that we lose control of its quality and our, our base being big and fast is not necessarily good and I think we learned that lesson. And so, as Andrew said, we're very thoughtful about how we do want to grow this, recognizing that it's probably a, a good idea for us to do it, but not at, not at not at the risk of us again feeling like we've lost control of this. And so we're, we're thinking about it. We're talking about it. We're talking with – we're consulting with other people and, and moving forward with the – understanding that we do want to figure out how, how to grow this. Interestingly enough, you know, when, when I think about what are the challenges, sort of the day-to-day challenges, it's funny because there's, there's a relationship to what Andrew was saying, which is that for me personally, I source all the ingredients for our ice cream. 
And the one of the hardest parts about this is that we're a very we went from being a very large company to a very small company, but a company that we're small, but we're not that small. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that so when we're sourcing sourcing stuff, uh, sourcing ingredients, many of the companies from whom or the vendors from whom we get our our ingredients, they don't want to deal with us. So you end up having to compromise. You have to pay a lot of money mm-hmm. to get ingredients that you need, um, and you can't meet their minimums. Their minimums are like ten thousand pounds of you know of cashews, or, or cashews isn't a good example, but like of almonds in our caramel almond crunch. Uh, as we scale up, that'll get easier and better. But for mm-hmm. right now, I've been working with people for a long time, and they keep. You know, I keep getting cut off by them. Like, you're not meeting our minimums, and so you can't do this. And, you know, I was just saying today, uh, we're working with a company now who does huge amounts of of sales with their almonds. So we have a, an ice cream. Our biggest seller is Caramel Almond Crunch. And the Almond Crunch is, is, a, is a diced roasted almond. And I couldn't find them. The company from whom we were getting them was, wasn't getting them anymore. And so I went looking around. And anyways, not, not to bore you with this, but ultimately we ended up finding this this small farm that does organic almonds, but they export, I mean, you know, they, they sell on, in huge amounts. And this guy just loved the concept of a organic vegan ice cream. And he said, man, I don't care what anybody says. I'm selling to you guys. <laughs> and, and I say that because I talked to him today. Just today we were talking and he, and he said, you know, I get in a lot of trouble with my staff because they don't want to deal with you guys. And I told them, doesn't matter. We're going to honor this because we love what they're doing. And that, that's, that's the cool side of it. The hard side is that on, on any given day, we're constantly negotiating to get, to get our, our needs met with our, our ingredients. So. That's a very, very, very cool story from you know, the fact that you're involved in running and managing it, right? Mm-hmm. Are there any you know, fun stories from you behind the counter you know, with your customers? <laughs> Well, I, I just was going to say that there, there's a lot of them. I have to say, actually, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I'll, because I'll tell, I want to tell Andrew also, is that yesterday there were two women in, that came in yesterday. They were eating ice cream, and they said, "We want to let you know that before we leave, we're going to get uh, ten pints because we're, go, we're we're taking them home with us." We got to talking, and they said, "When you guys were in had your pints in Whole Foods, uh, we're from uh, a town in Northern California, uh, a couple hours from here. So we used to buy your pints there, and we loved it. It was the only ice cream I can eat. I'm lactose intolerant, and I can't do gluten either. And so we just we now do a, we have a pilgrimage." That every couple of months, we drive down, not for anything else. We come down here to get your ice cream. We bring it back home. She had this big container filled with ice to bring it home with. And she was just so thankful that we're at least in existence still. Not to toot our own home, but I'm just saying that there's a lot of people out there who really appreciate the fact that there's an ice cream that is there is no dairy or gluten or soy and that is vegan and that um that is yeah, it, it's actually it's, a, it's an emotional thing we've had endless. a whole lot endless supply of, of customers coming through especially in the beginning uh they still do but who come in with tears in their eyes because they're shaking visibly shaking because they haven't had ice cream because they can't for whatever reason for many many years and here's this oasis of mm-hmm. ice cream they can have. Mm-hmm. We also get one of my favorites, and this happens also very frequently. People will come in almost with scowls on their face because they're just so... They've been dragged in by somebody else. Yeah, they're averse to the whole concept of anything besides their dairy ice cream, their whatever favorite you know uh, brand they like. They almost always go from very, very reluctant 
to saying our favorite line, this is better than ice cream. Yeah. And we get a lot, that's when it became our slogan, like, Mr. Dewey's like ice cream, only better. It happens a lot uh, where people come in just not wanting to even try it and leaving with a pint or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, uh, I, I should also mention it happened to me, right? I'm a regular <laughs> ice cream eater, but I've, ne- I've literally phased out completely eating regular ice cream. Is there some way more of our listeners could get to know more about you guys, some way to contact you or get in touch? In case yeah. Well, I mean, they can all, anytime they can email us for sure, which is they can email Andrew or Ari. You uh, can just say info. You, you can mail to info at mrdewey's.com. Yeah. Okay. Either anything's to catch also, anything will get to us. They can call the stores. We're at the Emeryville Public Market or the one on Solano Avenue in Albany. Um, they can go to www.mrdewey's.com if they want to just look at our website and get an idea of that. And Dewey's, by the way, for your listeners, it's not spelled the way they might think it's spelled. How it's, is it spelled? First of all, it's Mr. MR period, of course, but Dewey's, D-E-W-I-E-S. Not the E-Y, but that people often confuse it with. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming to the studio today. Thank you. I assume a lot of the listeners will now, you will see a lot of the listeners come to your Good. shows. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Vishwar. We really appreciate it.